Thank you for joining us. We are two preachers talking about the importance of spiritual disciplines in isolation, just trying to figure this thing out today on the Two Preachers Podcast. And welcome back to the Two Preachers Podcast. My name is Ben James. I am the pastor of First Church of Christ in Grayson, Kentucky. And as always, I am joined by the other host. I don't know if co-host is right. I think we're both hosts at this point. Uh, That kind of makes me want to host this cupcake. I'm not going to lie. But anyhow, (laughs) uh, here, uh, train wreck already. I'm joined by Josh Schmidt. Uh, other host, I think, is what you said, and also senior pastor of First Baptist Church, also in Grayson, Kentucky. Good morning, Ben. How are you today? I am. I am fantastic. I have already about three times wanted to run my fist through a computer screen this morning. Yes. So my uh, my level of relationship, and according to what your theological stance is, my level of sanctification is being tested this morning. Amen. So, so It's so funny. Every single week, I feel like I have a handle on technology, and I'm like, I'm kind of a pro at this, and then I barely even know how to open a, an app on my computer. So this has been the most frustrating season for this. Oh, how quickly the wheels fall off. Yeah, I wanted to show you something today. So last week, and I don't think everybody will be able to see this um, as we're, we're going to do a Zoom and YouTube-type video thing, but last week I felt kind of uh, embarrassed because of your shrine of nerdiness that's around you. And I'm pretty sure that, like, at least at one point in the episode, you started speaking in Elvish. <laughs> and so today I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt just to let you guys know that I'm also in on this because I think word out on the street is that I'm not a nerd and Ben is king nerd, but hey, I'm a part of this family, man. I feel like we may be developing a friendship that is somewhat Julian-esque in Madagascar. You know, with, yeah. you know, I do not see my crown. You know, so I, I, <laughs> I feel like we're, I feel like we're getting there. Yeah, I think we're really gonna this. Uh, the last two episodes are really gonna increase our love from the nerd slash pastor group. Amen. Amen. So speaking of actually what we're supposed to be doing on a podcast, uh, let's let's talk about some ministry moments. What's what's been going on in ministry, man? Yeah. So by the time this airs, uh, at least I think I don't know exactly how this works, but by the time this podcast will air, our church will have resumed uh, cautiously, uh, carefully resumed in-person worship together. This coming Sunday, we're going to be gathering limited services and uh, with lots and lots and lots of precautions, but we'll be back together this coming Sunday. And so I'll be honest, Ben, I'm super pumped about it, man. Um, Nervous at the same time and prayerful and all of those things, but I really want to see my church, man. And so I'm excited that we're coming back together. I know you can't wait till you guys come back together too, man. Um, So pray for us. uh, And if you're listening to this uh, pray that everything went well. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're still a couple weeks out. Um, we're, yeah. Uh, so, and just, I, I know the level of, um, frazzledness, uh, that, that I'm feeling right now, a couple weeks out. I can't imagine what that week of, 
um, is going to be. So our prayers are definitely with you all this weekend, my friend, for sure. Thank you, brother. How about you, man? What's a ministry moment going on for you? Uh, just, you know, I, I think that just from a body concept, you know, and from a family of believers, it's amazing how um, my church has rallied around me. Uh, and yeah. and they make that known, and it kind of comes in waves. Not that there's, you know, absolute silence at times, but um, you know, just like we we have rough days, like everybody else sure. does. You know, we're on an emotional roller coaster as well. Um, but it just seems like on the days where I'm the most frustrated or maybe the most discouraged, that seems to be the day that that God lays on everyone's heart to just encourage me from our congregation and I, and. I'll just I'll get text message after text message, phone calls, direct messages of just uh, encouragement. You know, just patting on the back, appreciation. So you know that that's that's part of ministry too. You know, it's I think so many times we focus on what our outflow is, and you know, and what we pour out and what we do. But you know, a, a huge part of ministry is that that reciprocal part. Uh, yeah. So that that's been really encouraging to me this week. It's such a blessing. I think we've talked about this before, but it's such a blessing just to hear from one of your um, your congregants praying for you, Pastor. In fact, I literally, as you're uh, six minutes ago, I got a text message from one of my members that says, "Praying for you, Pastor," and just those few words is such an encouragement. And um, so I, I praise God for that. Thank God for our congregations, man. I'm so excited that we pastor the churches that we do. Amen. Amen. So let's talk today about the importance of spiritual disciplines in isolation. They're always important, no doubt. But as with just about everything else, we are seeing another layer uh, to the dynamic of yeah. spiritual disciplines while we are, you know, in this time of isolation. So, so let's let's talk about that a little bit first. Maybe we kind of want to unpack a little bit. I'll ask you what, as a general statement, would you say are spiritual disciplines? Yeah. So uh, it's interesting how um, how everything has been impacted by this coronavirus pandemic, um, and there's nothing in our spiritual life that hasn't been impacted by it as we've been isolated and things like that. But spiritual disciplines are something that don't change. Uh, they're not dependent on our circumstance. These are uh, activities or things that we're supposed to do um, that we carry out so that we might become more like Christ. So the grace of Christ fuels them, and the goal is to be more like Christ in them. There are processes that we do that aid us in sanctification. And so they're really um, habits that we have to, to carry out um, that are prescribed in Scripture. Um, things that we do uh, so that we bec might become more like Christ in our efforts. Um, Don Whitney, the, the dean of theology at Southern uh, or the former dean of theology at Southern Seminary, has written a really like seminal book on spiritual disciplines called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. He's got this quote uh, in the book. It says, spiritual disciplines are those practices found in Scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are habits of devotion, habits of experiential Christianity, and have been practiced by God's people since biblical times. And that's what they are. They're, they're acts that we carry out. It's important to note that spiritual disciplines are active and not passive. We think about the fruit of the Spirit, this uh, passive um, 
you know, fruit that we bear, they, these are results of spiritual disciplines, which are actions or, or active. And so it's important that we do those as believers. So it requires motion. It requires right. effort on our part. Uh, I, the only thing I would just like to add to that is spiritual disciplines. It, the way that I remember these simply is that they're habits of holiness. That's good. Um, That's really know, good. And they kind of practicing piety, if we want to use a little bit of an older term and, and you know, piety, uh, if we want to throw Calvin out, I'm going to throw a quote of John Calvin out here for you, that piety is reverence joined with love of God, which knowledge of his benefits include. So, yeah. you know, I, I just, I like that, the habits of holiness. And so someone might ask, where where do uh, we re- see in Scripture that we are supposed to practice spiritual disciplines? I think the Apostle Paul, all throughout his uh, letters in the New Testament churches, talks about how we are to train ourselves in godliness. One that came to mind being this 1 Timothy chapter 4, 7, and 8. Paul's writing to Timothy about uh, the church there at Ephesus and the way that he needs to interact and how he might um, build up the church. And he tells him of his own personal devotion Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So Paul uses an an illustration of um, physical discipline, so like us working out and how that makes us more fit in the same way spiritual disciplines do that to our spiritual health, the same way that uh, running on a treadmill might make us more fit physically, spiritual disciplines make us more fit spiritually because they make us conform us more into the image of Christ. Amen. Amen. So we could talk about a list of spiritual disciplines that we see in Scripture pretty much for the rest of the day. So let's be let, let, let's try to funnel this down a little bit. What do you think, especially in isolation, what do you feel are maybe the spiritual disciplines that we need to highlight in this episode today? Yeah, so four really came to mind. And and like Ben said, we could spend a, an entire day on this. There is so much biblical prescription of acts, activities, that actions that we're supposed to do that promote godliness. Unfortunately, in our culture today, we have this mindset that everything is a spiritual discipline. And so any activity that we might do would promote spirituality. And so that's why you see even in secular culture, spiritual disciplines, which is just the strangest thing to me. Um, But I think we should really hone in on four. And I want to talk about quickly why they're all important in isolation. So the four that I think um, are most prominent in scripture are um, the the discipline of the word. And that's in, in meditation and and scripture memorization and scripture reading and things like that. So the discipline of God's word, the discipline of prayer, which is um, so remarked about all through scripture as important, the discipline of worship and the discipline of fasting, all very important things. The reason we're having this conversation about specifically spiritual disciplines in isolation is because all of these disciplines are um, supposed to be practiced both individually and corporately. It's one of the reasons why we go to a church. We go, we gather as the body. We go to a physical building together is because these aren't just supposed to be practiced in isolation. 
And so in periods of isolation, like right now, when we have a pandemic, it's so vitally important that we practice the spiritual disciplines in isolation so that we might resume them healthy together when we come back together. So let's talk about first the the discipline of God's Word. Um, I think there are three elements to this. One is the reading of God's Word. Um, We should be uh, bathing ourselves in God's Word. Uh, One of the Puritans said that when we're pricked, we should bleed God's Word. I mean, we should constantly be absorbed in God's Word. Um, And to be honest, I'm not perfect at this, Ben, and that's probably weird to hear a pastor say, Um, because we are the ministers of the Word, but I go through seasons where I'm not as faithful in in being in God's Word, especially when it comes to Scripture memorization. That's one that I've always struggled with. And so the discipline of memorizing God's Word, of meditating on God's Word, of reading God's Word is so very important because it is our fuel. It's our food. It's our lifeline. And having been separated from God's Word, um, we just shrivel. We like like a, a plant separated from its root, we die. Um, and so, if there's any text that I could send our listeners to today about the importance of God's Word, it would have to be Psalm 119. I mean, it's 176 verses. It might take you six months to read it. Uh, it's broken down uh, into a. a Yes, a Hebrew acrostic that's based on the Hebrew alphabet. It was used by young Jewish uh, boys and girls to memorize the the alphabet. That's how they would memorize scripture. Um, And it's just completely filled with the importance of God's word uh, and, and how we should rely on it above all things. And so if you get a chance, just scan down through Psalm 119. There's really famous passages like 119, 105, which says, your word is a lamp for, for my feet and a lot on my path. And so it guides us, it illuminates. Um, we have to be in God's word. And so uh, Ben, let me ask you, man, what, what kind of has been your practice in God's word? Uh, what's your interaction with it? Is there any advice you could give us or insight as to why it's so important to read God's Word? Well, just understanding that to me, there are different types of times when we're in God's Word. Uh, And that, I think, one of the challenges for pastors, for ministers, for leaders is trying to supplement one for the other. And here's, here's the examples of that. I believe that there is time that we need to be in God's Word just reading, okay? Just, just reading, consuming, um, and filling our minds with that. And we'll talk about the meditation part of it here in just a little bit. But when we look at God's Word, that we need to read God's Word, but we also need to study God's Word. And that's really getting into taking specific times to where we're really getting into God's Word and asking the questions, the who, what, when, where, why, how, yeah. all of those background, the contextual questions, the, the audience that it was pointed to, the situation of the audience as it was being written. Um, and I think that sometimes for us as pastors and ministers, we can try to justify supplementing our study time for our messages on Sunday or Wednesday as our reading time with God. Um, That that was a lesson that I learned a long time ago that, you know, part of my daily habit is now I get up first thing in the morning and I read God's word for me, not for my message, not for a lesson, not for a course I'm teaching, but for me. 
Uh, so I, I think that there's a couple times you know, that we need to sit down and really evaluate why we're in God's Word. Are we reading it for us? Is this for my personal edification, for my relationship and deepening with God? Or am I trying to check an item off a to-do list being in the Word of God? And you talking about the Scripture memorization, let me just kind of, because that's an area that I struggle with too. Um, and sometimes people may not view this as a big deal, but I want to throw out an example for maybe our witness or our impact in someone else's life. If we're having a conversation, Josh, and I say to you, hey, somewhere in Scripture it says something like this, uh, and while yeah. that may be very accurate, uh, right. and I may paraphrase it well and get the all of the inflection, all of the intention, get all of that right, if I look and I say something like that, then you're going to go, oh, okay. You know, but if I say, hey, man, in you know, this book, in this verse, this is what it says, that's, that's not saying something to glorify myself, but that's just making an impact on, even on a subconscious level of, hey, this person has a value for God's Word, and they know exactly where to send me and exactly what it says. I think that makes a difference, and I think that's important. Yeah, it automatically uh, lends credibility to whatever it is that you're saying um, when you have the Scripture memorized. One of the things that I would encourage everyone to do is keep a list of verses um, that you've memorized. And I know a lot of people aren't going to be able to see this, but I'm going to show you, Ben, kind of my practice. Um, And again, this isn't perfect, but I've got a... um, If I can get my Bible open, brother... I've got just on the inside cover of my Bible, you might be able to see that verse numbers and books and numbers that I've got written down. And I go through them once a week, once every two weeks, and I'll just quote them from memory and then just double check to make sure that I have this scripture memorized correctly um, because it's important to me. I feel like scripture memorization is such an important discipline. We don't have to look any further than Jesus who quoted the scriptures to Satan when he was being tempted. Um, so, you know, if Jesus are, is our example and he memorized scripture, we ought to memorize scripture too. Uh, I really I really like that you said there's multiple aspects of this. There's a meditative or a contemplative reading of scripture. There's a devotional reading of scripture. There's simply reading. One, I, there's um, no more exciting book than the Bible to read. I mean, it's a great book to just sit down and read um, because it's so uh, exciting. And then, of course, scripture memorization, studying, things like that, all very important. A book that I'd love to recommend, I've mentioned on Whitney before, Dr. Whitney wrote a book called Praying Through the Bible, which is about scripture meditation. So very helpful, very accessible, about 80 pages long. Um, pick that up. It is excellent, excellent, excellent. It really helped me think through what um, the importance of scripture reading, meditation, and memorization was. So we that's, I think, a really important discipline that all of us have to participate in. Uh, a second one I think that's really important, Ben, is prayer. Uh, so very vitally important for uh, if um, if scripture reading is our food, then, then prayer also is another fuel of us that keeps us going. I think you see in in scripture there is a circular nature to our conversation with God. God speaks to us through His Word, enabled by the Spirit, and we speak back to Him in prayer. And um, so you see this circular nature of our our continuous conversation, and prayer is a vitally important aspect of that. And so prayer is simply conversation with the Father 
uh, enabled by the Spirit um, in the name of Christ. And so it's, it's important. And again, I feel guilty speaking about this, Ben, because I, I've not always been perfect. There have been seasons when I have been really, really good in prayer, and there have been seasons in which um, my mind is kind of like a pinball machine and I can't stay focused while I'm praying and I almost feel like I'm pantomiming a conversation or something like that. That's, um, and so it's difficult, but it's so, so important, wouldn't you say? Amen. Um, they, um, let, let's just throw this out here with any of the spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about yeah. today. None of these are optional. That's right. None of none of these are writers and just nice little attachments to our relationship with God, especially prayer. Prayer is not optional for you in your walk with Christ. Uh, if if you're a Christian and you do not pray, you may want to revisit that label that you just used for yourself. Um, that that's. I don't know if that's harsh or not, but I think that that's no, just, that's, it's, it's a command. It's something that we see our Savior doing. It's something that from, from cover to cover in our word, this communication, this time set apart with God is, that's, that's the theme. Well, that, I mean, that's just, it's permeated in that book and, you know, in the Bible. So when we look at it, and especially from a leadership standpoint, and this is a little bit of a dated uh, statistic. Did you know that 97.65923 statistics are made up right there on the spot? That sounds right. Yeah, that's a, that's an accurate number. But this may be a little bit of a dated statistic because it's a little bit older. I don't think it will have changed much. But the last time that I checked, the average time of prayer that a pastor in the United States spent was just a little shy of four minutes a day. My goodness. My goodness, brother. And if that's the statistics for the ones who are leading the congregation, why would we question the state of the church if the the church is in spiritual disrepair? Amen. Amen. So, yeah, I think that this prayer thing, and it always goes back to the example that we always use is, um, you know, conversations with our spouses. Or the people that are the most important in our lives. Our relationship would not be very deep, very strong at all with anyone if we never took time to communicate with them. And that's going to be the same with God. If you're not communicating with God um, at all, then you probably don't have a relationship at all. And if you're not communicating with him much, you don't have much of a relationship. That's exactly right. Uh, I like what you said there, Ben. The, the spiritual disciplines are not salvific in nature. That means they don't save us and they don't keep us saved, but they are, however, evidences of our salvation. And if the evidence isn't there, um, it's, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous, and I would reevaluate. Again, all of these, all of these disciplines that we're giving, the example ultimately is Christ. Uh, one of the things I said last Sunday in my sermon was that while there are lots of incredible stories in the Scripture, and there are lots of um, there are lots of characters who we believe are real life individuals who, through God, were able to accomplish a lot. There is only one hero of, of the Bible, and his name is Christ. And so his example in on the sermon during the Sermon on the Mount of the model prayer. I think is the example for prayer and what it is. Personally, I I use an Acts model in my prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I'm sure many of our listeners are uh, aware of that. And uh, the model prayer is the prayer that I look at for the the, um, 
of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And what I love about that model of praying is that by the time I'm finished, my, my hope is that my prayers, my desires, my life will be aligned to God's will. I'll not be forcing my will on His, but I will be accepting His will for my own life. And ultimately, that's what prayer is. I don't know about you, Ben. I probably get more questions about prayer than any other discipline. What is prayer? How does it work? And I believe uh, prayer simply is us aligning our will to God's through communication. Yeah. And not to get even legalistic, but to understand something that praying in your car on your way to work is not a bad thing. But that can't be what your prayer life is built on. Uh, I, I do the same thing. So listen, I'm all about praying in the car. That's that's fine. And Jesus can hear you with your eyes open. So if you're driving and you're praying, <laughs> keep your eyes open. But we see also in Scripture uh, this importance, such an importance on the level, you know, uh, on prayer that whether it be a 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, however long of a day, however many hours Jesus had been ministering or traveling, we see over and over and over again him taking time, stilling away, getting away from the rest of the disciples, and going and spending time in prayer. So that takes a I'm too busy excuse and throws it right out the window. But if the Savior, if the Son of God saw the benefit and saw the necessity of getting away by himself without distraction— and spending time in prayer with God, then that should speak a level of importance to us. Yeah, remember, guys, that prayer is um, not just an action or activity. It is a way of life. It's a, it's a state of being. And in the same way that my wife and I have a constant conversation throughout the day, we're texting one another, that should be our, our communication with God. It should be um, continuous. Um, so practice the, the spiritual discipline of prayer especially in isolation. You might feel like you're separated uh, and you have no one to talk to. You've got the God of the universe, the one who created everything, the one who hung the stars in the sky, loves you intimately and would love nothing better than for for you to communicate with him regularly. And so... It's crazy, isn't it? Let's move on to the next spiritual discipline that I had in mind. Um, we've talked about the, the discipline of the Word and the discipline of prayer. Let's talk about the discipline of worship now. You might hear that and go, well, wait a second. How is that possible that I can do that? My church is shut down or you know, we don't gather together. How is it possible that we worship? Um, first off, worship begins at the individual level before it comes at the corporate level. If you aren't worshiping individually, you're just going to church and being a part of something that doesn't matter because you're not actively participating in it. Worship, again, is an action or an activity, but it's also a way of life. And what's really interesting is these, all of these other spiritual disciplines that we've mentioned are acts of worship. Reading your reading the Bible, praying, that's an act of worship. Fasting, which we're going to talk about next, is an act of worship. And so our lives should be built around the worship of the one who created us, who bestowed his image upon us. And we do that in a lot of different ways. We could talk about serving and giving and, and things like that. But it's specifically in isolation, your practice of all of the spiritual disciplines are going to be the gauge by which you are um, worshiping rightly, and it's so important that you uh, do so. Um, and so 
have a time of family worship. If you're by yourself, that's just you. That's fine. If you have a family, uh, sit down and read a passage together. Pray together. Sing a song together. Even if it's uh, something as simple as Jesus loves me with your kids, um, take a, a moment every day and spend time in family worship. It's so very important. Amen. I, you know, and I'm not going to get too far onto a soapbox here, but I think the one do the, thing do that, it. Soapbox <laughs> I think the one thing that we um, that I want to encourage everyone as a pastor and as a leader um, to do is whatever worship looks like, whether it's individual, whether it's family, whether it's corporate, pay attention to the lyrics of the worship songs that you're yes, singing. Get on this soapbox, man. Do it. Yes, <laughs> make, this is my favorite. Make sure that what you are declaring, the declaration that you're giving voice to, is theologically, doctrinally sound. I'm um, fixing to testify. <laughs> Amen. And and I'm not just picking on new music because there's some old yeah. hymns that are stinkers too, man. <laughs> They're you, straight trash. Yeah. Yeah. But pay attention. It, notice just notice the personal pronouns in the song is a good first yep. indicator yep. just look about who is the focus of the song and now listen there are different types of songs there's different type of worship there's there's declaration there's storytelling there's um you know this prayer there's there's songs of worship songs of prayer and there's testifying songs as well but understand who are you glorifying in these songs because that's always the barometer that you need to use as yes. to, okay, am I singing about me or am I singing about God? Am I glorifying Amen. me or am yep. I glorifying God? And that even, you know, that's important from your from the time with your kids, from your alone time, all the way to the corporate gathering worship. So Amen. just pay attention to the lyrics and not so much the melody of what you're singing. Name names, Ben. Who is it? Who's? Who? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's it's so very important. I love that's so important, Ben. That the focus of worship is not us, um, because we're not worthy of worship. There's there's only one who is, and He's the Father who's created us. Um, we praise God that that our worship is supposed to be geared towards Him, and a right life of worship is a foundation that the church is built on. Um, so during this season, worship, it's so very important. Let's move to our, our last one, Ben. Let's talk about fasting, the forgotten. Fasting is seen all throughout Scripture for a number of different reasons. Um, but fasting, I think, would probably be best described as uh, deprivation for the purpose of closeness to God. Um, and so it, fasting draws us nearer to God. There are times when we fast as an act of mourning. We fast as an act of worship. Um, so let's talk about it, Benjamin. Fasting is not always something I've been great at. You can just literally see me in this picture and see that that's the case. Um, fasting isn't about food deprivation necessarily, although that can definitely definitely be a part of it. Um, but l let's talk about our practices of fasting. Is it something that you uh, actively do or, you know, participate in let's talk about it. my my practice of fasting is that i fast in some form or fashion food wise um, because i think that's what we see the most in scripture yes, yes. Um, it, i i fast at least once a week uh, and that doesn't always look like a 24-hour fast uh, right. that can be certain meals or it could be 24 hours and there are regular seasons where i go on extended fasts 
Fasting, fasting is not about self-harm. That's, that's not the point of it. Fasting ultimately, ultimately is about drawing us closer to God uh, and reminding us that ultimately um, he is who we rely on and he is our greatest need. Our greatest need is not food. Our greatest need is not drink. Our greatest need uh, is God and knowing him intimately. And so that's what fasting is about. Um, so let's just let's move, move quickly into just a couple of really quick practical tips or advices. Do you have something that you can offer to people listening today about spiritual disciplines? Yeah, some of the practical applications with spiritual discipline is number one, keep grace in mind. You know, just keep grace in mind. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, we see where it's being challenged. You know, we're being challenged to be renewed um, in our minds uh, that, you know, this is this is a process. While we never settle for shortcomings, failures, and, and, and you know, times that we fall, understand that we still are fleshly people and that God's grace is still evident in our life. And I we have to understand that, Josh, you know, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We were once yeah. dead. Uh, and through uh, the salvation of Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, we were made alive. Um, and our nature, according to Second, uh, you know, Second Corinthians 5.17, our nature has been changed. And what That's that right. means does that means that we no longer have a nature to sin, but we, you know, we have still have the ability to sin. Sin is still yeah. present, and that's read Romans. You'll find that out. Um, you know, so just remember, I think that grace, understanding grace, at least on a surface level, is important in in spiritual disciplines. Um, I think remember who you're attached to. You know, who your union is with is really important in spiritual disciplines Amen. as well. Remember that our union is with Jesus Christ. We're joined to Jesus Christ. Um, and then, you know, the most practical thing I can think about is just use effective tools for this. You know, you were talking about the Acts method of praying. Um, there is a slew of Bible reading plans out there that you can you can utilize. I personally, I use the Robert Murray McShane Bible reading plan. It's a yearly reading plan. It's somewhat, you know, intensive. It's there. There's a lot there, uh, but just find some. Find one that works for you. Stay in the Word, and and that all of these things just help you to form a consistent habit of these That's spiritual right. disciplines because it is, it is buffeting the body. Man is what you're doing. You are putting your flesh into subjection as you are developing these habits. That's right. And if you're listening today and, and um, we have beat you down or anything like that, you feel like um, this is something that you're failing at. Know that we're not perfect either. We've beaten ourselves down. That's right. And and you have to start somewhere uh, in the same way that um, you don't get off the couch and immediately start running a 5K or anything like that. So very important that you start somewhere, set manageable goals for you as it comes to spiritual disciplines and discipline yourself for godliness, according to the Apostle Paul. Um, that's so very important. Yeah. One of my last parting word in this portion of our podcast is another quote from John Calvin. I love it. All parts of our life accordingly strive toward God as our only lawful goal. Come on, man. Yes. Fired up after that. <laughs> All right. 
Well, speaking of fired up, we both get a little fired up for this time. Um, I, I'm a little disappointed that Spurgeon's not off the shelf, but the show must go on. We have to have time <laughs> right now to do this, and we will go Let's in do it. Let's three, do it. Let's two, do it. one. Segway, Segway music. music. All right. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for this Segway music portion Ooh, of our your voice, show. Your, your voice there, Ben. That was incredible. <laughs> oh, how, how, do we, how, how do we even still have people who listen to this? I, I think it's just me and you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we're having fun while we're doing it, right? Okay, so what's, <laughs> what's going on with you, Josh? Let's, uh, let's, let, let me go off the cuff here. Okay. And let me ask you, instead of what we're reading, what we're watching, things like that, what yeah. is what's the best conversation you've had in recent memory? The best conversation I've had in recent memory. That's a great question, man. Uh, we've talked about this before. We are blessed one that we have one another uh, to that we can communicate back and forth with, um, and that we have other pastoral friends. And so I don't necessarily want to like name names or anything like this. I have a, a really close pastor friend who lives back in the mountains who's an encouragement to me quite a bit. And we've talked recently, and he was actually helping. We were talking about uh, eschatology, which that's a podcast we ought to do eventually, and working through what that looks like. And so I just, I'm blessed to have good friends um, who are able to help me out with any sort of questions that I have. Um, and I've got a good pastor buddy who recently we talked about that. How about you, man? You got any good conversations you want to spill the tea on? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll keep sources anonymous as well. But um, you know, names will be in the show notes. Exactly, exactly. We'll provide links to Facebook profiles. Uh, my, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, my my dad passed away uh, when I was young. Yeah, you know, I was right at thirteen, just maybe turned fourteen. And, uh, you know, my dad had, he'd gone to church his whole life, but had just recently, within the, you know, couple of years before his death, truly given his heart over to Jesus Christ. Uh, and he started preaching and kind of felt that call on his life to do that. Never, never got to step into it, really. Um, but a friend of my mom and dad, a couple friend that they had worked with for years and now live um, in, in a different time zone, uh, they got. Uh, they texted me and asked me for our church's YouTube channel. They wanted to listen to to me preach and and see some of our services, and um, you know they just made the comment of how proud they were of me, how much they enjoyed listening um, to what they described as my biblically sound messages. So listen, that's the that's the <laughs> highest compliment yes. that you yes. can that you can receive. But they they also went on to say how much that they thought how proud my dad would be of me. And then also that they felt like in some shape, form, fashion, that they were seeing the potential that my dad had as a preacher in listening to me. Uh, so, I mean, it was just a really encouraging a blessing, conversation. Man. Yeah, What a blessing, Ben. Praise God for that, man. Well, guys, we, uh, we thank you for joining us uh, for this episode on the importance of spiritual disciplines in isolation. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can contact us at uh, the two, not the, you can contact us at two preachers talking. That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
You can contact us at twopreacherstalking at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media, just about any of the major social media platforms, by searching out the Two Preachers podcast. Um, Josh, you want to tell them a little bit about our review and rating policy? Yeah, uh, we are worldwide, so you can find us on anything right now. And you can leave us, that's right, you can leave us reviews on any of your uh, podcatcher things that you do. Um, you can leave us reviews on Facebook um, and leave us comments. And what we do is if you leave us a five-star review and you smash that like button uh, as the Lord commands, if you do that, if as you do, as yeah, that's right. If you do that, we will shout you out from the podcast, and you will be forever enshrined in glory to our millions of listeners. To our tens of listeners, you will be yeah, known. Literally dozens and dozens of listeners. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Ah. All right. Well, Josh, it's been good talking with you again today, my friend. I, too, uh, I look forward to the next time. All right. See ya. See ya. See ya.